Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. We are in November. Yep. Really dangerously super duper close to Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. Gobble gobble in this bitch. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited for turkey. Hell yeah. It's, it's my favorite. It's already in the fridge. It's ready. I it's smelled the seasonings when I got home. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, turkey's so goddamn good. Oh yeah. I Dark made, meat is I, I made, so goddamn I made good. The, the butter for it earlier yeah. today. I can smell it. It's fucking great. <laughs> so, brought it. You're right. <laughs> just, yep. just eating the butter by itself. Like, oh, God. <laughs> just and then Otis it. died of a heart attack. Right. Rubbing it on myself hard, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it looks like November is war slash let Greg pick month. And Greg's out here picking bangers. So it's fine with me. I didn't pick this one. Yeah, you did. No. Are you sure? No, you said. Okay, your voice always cuts through. You're like, yeah, glorious best. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I agreed to it, but I don't think I was the first one to bring it up. No, that's Maybe. Otis. He's been wanting to watch this movie for the whole month. Yeah. <laughs> I just put the blame on it's you. It's been on the quick. list since last year. He was <laughs> right. like, fuck, I want to watch this. Right. God damn it. I'm just always in the background pushing it once it gets brought up. Right. Yeah, come on. Do it. Do it. <laughs> bitch won't. Bitch won't. Yeah. So we watched the Quentin Tarantino. You guys know how much I love Quentin Tarantino. We watched his period war piece. Uh, so Quentin Tarantino said that he wants to just crack through like every genre. He wants to make an awesome movie in it. And so this was his testament to the war effort. And then his next film was a... Uh, I'm trying to think of Django. Django wasn't the next one, but... It was a western. Yeah, Django was a western, and then that. But that other one. And then was he did a the one act play, the hateful eight. eight. That was like a one act western. Yeah, it's one still a play. western. Yeah. So um, he's been cracking out some really cool. But didn't he say he was gonna stop at ten? Like, wasn't that his thing? Like, yeah, I'm gonna hit ten films and then I'm gonna quit. Well, a lot of people say like things that. like that, and then they make millions, and they're like, ah, I'll make another one. So we'll we'll see what it goes. But he made in 2009 an amazing film called. Inglorious Bastards. Hey, doesn't that the name of an old movie from the 70s? Yes, but it's spelled correctly and it doesn't actually connect to anything. He got the permission to get use the name, but it's not connected in any way. Except Fred Williamson's in it and he was in From Dust Till Dawn. That was a connection, I guess. Well, a connection to other works of Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. So uh, real quick, one fun fact about this movie. So Quentin Tarantino movies are all connected. And there are two realities in his movies. Uh, there are the real side movies and then just the ridiculous ones. And so he says the real movies happen and it's a world and the movies they watch are the ridiculous movies. So Kill Bill is not a real movie, quotation mark. It's a movie that they would watch at the movies in his world. Hmm. So um, I can't remember the, the list of movies. Uh, I want to say Django isn't real, real. In his quotation mark, he has a list of the ones he says, like, oh, that's a movie. Like, From Dust Till Dawn. That's not real in his universe. Well, I feel like none of the ones that have Samuel L. Jackson can be real. Because it's all the same. Per- like, Well, there are a lot of connections to people. Like, in Pulp Fiction, John Travolta's character, his brother is the guy from Reservoir Dogs that was cutting that dude's ear off. And they actually have the same last name. So he goes out of his way to name people certain names and last names uh hugo stieglitz he has a uh uh what is it uh family in another movie popped up later so uh just like in Django, uh her schultz um in kill bill the bride is buried in <clears throat> the grave of one paula schultz and that's the wife of christoph waltz's character in Django. so uh he loves connecting things and so it's a lot of craziness so in this movie it is a alternate history of world war ii where um we'll just say the plan is to take down the third reich and they come up with a really that should always be the plan if yeah true that was yeah. most people's plan in world war ii and uh they come up with a really good plan well a owner of a cinema comes up with a really good plan to kill all the nazis especially hitler and then while that's happening, a side story of the Inglorious Bastards. It's a all Jewish uh, like group 
that just uh, their job in the war is to just fuck stuff up and it's kill like Nazis. Seal Team Six, except they're Jewish. Yeah, and they scalp Nazis. That's yeah. their job. So they have they probably have missions that they do, but then it all comes down to them just murdering all the Nazis that they see. Jewish Green Berets. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-Nazi Jewish Green Berets. The Green Yamakas. The Green Yamakas. Oh God. Goddamn. <laughs> Uh, but this movie is chock full of famous people. We got Brad Pitt, Christoph Waltz. This is my first film to see Christoph Waltz in. And I was like, that motherfucker is really good at being evil. And he hasn't stopped being an amazing actor. Michael Fassbender, Eli Roth, Daniel Brühl, a young Baron Zemo from uh, Falcon, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Slash the MCU. Yeah. He's all over that shit. When I saw him, I was like, son of a bitch. Look at that young mm-hmm. asshole being an asshole in this. Uh, yeah. The movie's narrated by Samuel Jackson. It also has uh, what's it, Diane Kruger. Kruger, yes. Um, who we just saw in last week. Uh, fucking Troy, yep. and it's also got what's her B.J. Novak from The Office, yes. and there's another Jewish face. That the other guy from fucking Ten Things I Hate About You. But oh I yeah, his buddy. I don't know his the actor's name. Yeah, but uh, the best friend of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. In 10 Things I Hate About yeah. You. That kid was also in it. So this film in Glorious Bastards was the Oh, and Mike highest... Myers. Yes. <laughs> I forget Sneak cameo, name. Mike Myers. Uh, this was his highest grossing film, uh, Quentin Tarantino, until he made Django. Until he made Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So uh, this man can't miss, honestly. He makes movies and they make millions of dollars. Uh, I'm waiting on the day when someone asked can't him. can't miss. Roadhouse was... Uh... Uh, he makes money. It, first Grindhouse. Of all, Grindhouse. It, sorry. It's Grindhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Grindhouse was not a uh, multi-million dollar like make lots of money it's, type it's, movie. It's a cult classic. It's a cult. Sadly, it, <laughs> his it movies up. are either millions and millions and millions of dollars, millions of dollars or dollars. horrible t- teeny tiny cult classics. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no in between. There, there's no Quentin Tarantino movie that was just like, eh, that was okay. Yeah. Like it, it did all right at the box office. It's like, no, this movie did real shit at the box office, but now it's a cult classic. Or this movie did fucking great. We made hella bank. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually a time when Death Proof was my favorite of all his films. It's still up there. I love that movie. Though Kill Bill will always have a special place in my heart. I love Kill Bill. And uh, this movie, Quentin Tarantino film, is straight on the line of all of his other films, there's some strong women in it. They're not useless. Uh, hmm. There's some strong women in this. They move the story along. It's really good. They're not useless. I'll tell you that. Um, and really good villains. Quentin Tarantino is really good about making the bad guys really fucking good. And um, there are a lot of wordy spots. But if you can get through that, not even get through that. I'm making it sound like you got to suffer through talking. The talking's good. So, um but this film's absolutely amazing. Got tons of Academy Award nominations. Um, I, I want to say Christoph Waltz won for um, uh, what supporting actor? Best supporting for actor. Uh, his, which is weird. He should have won. Landa. He should have won won uh, best actor, like lead actor in a role. Because he honestly is kind of a lead in this. Well, Brad but. Pitt is like the he's the face. Yeah. Like on all the posters, kind of the all the trailers, it's hyped up to be this like Brad Pitt film. Like Quentin Tarantino finally did a movie with Brad Pitt, and it's supposed to be this like huge fucking deal. But I feel like this movie, the plot is centered on uh, Christoph Waltz's character, and Brad Pitt's character is in it for like five minutes in the beginning, five minutes in the middle, and then like the last. 20 minutes He's getting tackled like, at the end of the movie it's like that's it and it's kind of bad like his head. his character is important but he's not the main person in this story yes. like it the lead actor really in this was christoph waltz yes and then his we'll talk about that uh yeah hans comes up with a lot of decisions and moves the story along so uh we'll get started with this oh uh what'd you katie what'd you think about this movie we'll do that real quick <clears throat> I like this film um it's definitely one of the in my eyes the better quentin tarantino movies i'm not a huge fan of his um for a lot of reasons a lot of the, the things that he constantly brings up in his films i'm just like oh 
bud like stop gross um but i appreciate <laughs> that he wasn't in this film for once like good, mm-hmm. good for you uh there was no not really an awkwardly long perverse like foot scene like because he always does that in his movies there was like, some foot stuff but not a lot there yet. was but it wasn't i feel like the way that this is shot and the way that it was done made that scene with the shoe like a lot less like sexual than a lot of his other like weird foot things have been in his movies um and i appreciated that and of course it's a war film so i like that <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's a good film greg what do you think definitely refreshing to have seen such a unique take on war obviously it's an alternative history because <laughs> things unfortunately didn't go down that way it'd been cool yeah. if it was right how wonderful right? <laughs> 1941 are you fucking kidding me that would have been great and typically you do not see alternative histories when it comes to war films at least i mean it's, i'm not well versed in the genre but it's realistically placed within the within the plot and even if it's not 100 true it's it's a plot that's realistically placed within that actual event or conflict so it's just something you don't see every day and this was a time in my life when anytime not you i wasn't watching a quentin tarantino film was time spent awaiting the next quentin tarantino film and even though my anticipation for the next one's not as fervent as it was back in high school, because I was very late to, I was late to Quentin Tarantino. I didn't watch Pulp Fiction until you introduced it to me when you were on your way out of high school and I was just getting into high school. But he still, to me, even though most people didn't like, uh, uh, now I'm forgetting the name. Now I want to call it Roadhouse. Uh, Sorry, Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Uh, even though not ma- as many people like Grindhouse, he's never disappointed to me. And you mentioned the the word the conversations. Like for me, the conversations in his film work because they're either building anticipation, like yeah. the very beginning of this film, or he pulls you in because it, it just. It feels so realistic and they feel like conversations you'd have with your buddies and you sometimes feel like you're in on the conversation with and you're a, you're a part of the group as well. So he just he executes those so well as well. So it doesn't, as they said, it doesn't feel like you're, you're, you know, getting through something or it's a chore to watch by any means. And this man just continually never disappoints no matter what approach he takes. This is so much different than Django, which was so much different than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is so much different than Reservoir Dogs. But any approach he takes, he does so well, even though they might not necessarily be coming from the same angle, so to speak. So this one didn't disappoint, just as he never disappoints. Yeah, you you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, He's one of my absolute favorite directors. Uh, His movies, there are little connections things that he does in all of them uh the the newest thing he's been doing is using like musical cues from other movies there were like three spots where his music from kill bill in this movie and it's just some old song that he really loves like the the sound when the bride sees someone she hates that's from a, a fucking show uh ironsides and he was like i like that little tune so i'm just gonna put it in my movie so um there's tons of things. He is so cool. He pulls stuff that he watched as a kid. And he's like, that's the coolest movie ever. When I was younger, I'm putting this into my movie. And he's introduced me to really cool things. It's these movies are absolutely amazing. This one. And I, I appreciate Inglourious Bastards a little bit more than a lot of the other films because it pulls the fifth element uh, story. Like it's multiple stories on the track and people never meet. So it, it's the craziest thing. And like the bastards are doing their plan and Shoshana is doing her plan. 
And they never like look at each other and shake hands and like, let's do this together. It's like, no, shit just goes down. And the plan plans would have worked if one of them wasn't there. Like it still would have worked out, but it's just they were both there trying to do the job at the same time. And which I thought was really ridiculous. Like that that would have happened. The ending of this movie would have happened if one of them wasn't there. I found it really funny that I hadn't really considered it in the past watching this in the past, but Donald Wetz and Omar are executing their plan and shooting up Hitler and his henchmen while this theater is already in flames and blowing up, which wasn't a part of their plan, but Don't give a they, <laughs> they were unshaken in the fact that they were executing their own plan and didn't just stop to think like, well, that's not what we planned or what's going on here. And it just, it did not matter whatsoever as these two plans converged. So I thought that that never yeah. really, that never really sunk into me, but. Yeah, this time when I watched it, it hit me. I was like, wow, these plans never connected, but they did connect. Like, they helped each other get even worse. Because <laughs> I just set everything off. I was like, oh, shit. And so you mentioned him bringing in elements of films that he watched. I don't know if if he was growing up, if he was like, it seems like every white male 50 plus these days was a big john wayne fan but the very first song in the opening credits was a version of green leaves of summer which yeah. was originally written for the 1960 alamo film i'll say one thing he loves westerns um so he probably loves john wayne. yeah it's probably his buddy honestly he's a big western fan that and old school like like samurai films that he loves that shit too. That's why Kill Bill's the way it is. It's like half samurai, half Western. Cause it's like two of his favorite genres, like, you know, Kung Fu and <laughs> fucking shooting at the OK Corral. So um, there's probably some type of connection, honestly. <clears throat> okay. So let's get through this story, which this movie is what, two and a half hours, but honestly, yeah, pretty simple story. It's just a lot oh, of very simple, a lot of building up to things. Like I said, when they talk, they his dialogue is so different and like like greg said it feels like it's friends talking in and death proof when the girls were sitting in a circle talking about how uh their friend is so lucky and she just falls off things and she gets back up that story was something that we would have been talking about like yeah well, greg <laughs> fell off that cliff that one time the exact conversation i was thinking of and didn't bring up the fact that they were talking about how she flew off a car no fell off a cliff when they were taking a picture and yeah. something like that yeah it's his the words that he uses are so special it i don't know quentin Tarantino, man his dialogue is absolutely amazing one day he's gonna do a fucking marvel of dc movie and it's gonna be the most ridiculous movie but it's gonna be fucking great i'll tell you that so honestly they should put him in charge of howard the duck because howard good. the duck is just fucking like it's already outlandish. Like the fucking story makes no goddamn sense. Like, or do Jonah Hex like a him. western? Like he's like got powers. It, there's there's a character out that he probably absolutely loves. I know he likes Superman a lot. Um, but there's characters out there. I know, I know. They won't make him. They won't let him do a DC. Well, they asked movie. James Gunn to do a Superman movie. So if you do, if you make money, they're like, you want to do that? So we'll see the future of this, but. In 1941, we meet up with Hans Landa. Uh, he is called, uh, it's so many Jew names. What is his? He's the Jew hunter. Hunter. I was like, he's not the bear. No, he's he, the Jew hunter. Yes. So he is named the Jew hunter. He is really, really good at finding uh, Jewish families that are trying their best to hide or sneak out and stuff. He's damn good at it because he tries to think like a Jewish person. So he doesn't think it in a bad way. It's like, well, the bad guys are like, well, they're like insignificant and stupid. He's like, no, 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 no. They're smart people. What would a smart person try to do in this situation? Oh, you're probably hiding here. Oh, found you. So he is this, the German version of honestly, like Sherlock Holmes. He is damn smart. And a lot of his hunches are absolutely right. And then he just goes off his hunches like Sherlock does. So he meets up with a French farmer, uh, Perrier La Parite, uh, And he's asking about a Jewish family, the Dreyfuses. <laughs> um, that name pops up a lot in Tarantino films. So, um, in Londa, he suspects that the Dreyfuses are hiding close by, and they actually switched to English because Londa is really smart. And he's like, "They don't know English, do they?" And the guy kind of like nods a no, and he's like, "You're harboring Jewish family right now, aren't you?" 
they're under the they're under the floor right now, aren't they? And he like cries and he nods because he knows if he doesn't say what this fucking SS officer wants, his family's gonna die. He's got what three or four daughters, so he kind of he lets them know where the family is and Londa makes it sound like that they're off the hook and he's leaving and then they blow up the floor just light it up with machine guns and one person gets away one of the Dreyfuses scoots the fuck out she pulls a fucking Jesse Owens and breaks out across the field it's Shoshana is her name and Londa he stands at the doorway pulls out his gun and he aims it for a few seconds and then he's like no she's too far and he tells her au revoir and he, you know, he in his head, he's like, I will see. Oh, Shoshana! <laughs> and so Shoshana breaks the fuck off. And we meet up three years later, and we meet up with Aldo Rain, Lieutenant Aldo Rain. So he is the leader of the bastards. And so it's like we were talking about before commando unit. Uh, their job is to just be in wherever they are, be just close to the Nazis. And just kill and scalp them and just mess up plans. That seems to be their thing. They're just there to fuck stuff up. And they're really, really good at it. So although he he tells everybody he wants so many scalps by the end of the war. And he's 100. like, I, yeah, he's like, I like my scalps. So I want a hundred. I want each one of you to give me a hundred scalps. So uh yeah, when they kill Nazis, you see, you'll see somebody always. Cutting the top of that head off. Like, there we go. Need that scalp. From, from the Nazis. Yeah, because uh, Lieutenant Aldo, he wants the scalp. So um, we get a cool fast forward. So uh, Adolf Hitler, he's uh, talking to a German soldier, Private Boots, uh, one of the only survivors of one of the attacks by the bastards. And he talks him through what happened. And so they get jumped. And there were three soldiers that they grabbed. And the bastards, well, Aldo is like, okay. You're in charge, Mr. Nazi. I need you to tell me, look at this map and point out where all of the encampments, where all your buddies are and tell me how many guns they got and everything so we don't get jumped. Or you can die. Which one do you want? Do you want to go home or do you want to die? And the guy says, fuck you. And he's like, okay. And then while this, while they're talking, they hear a sound in the background. It sounds like a bat hitting rock. And he's like, you know what that sound is? You, you know who that is? And he's like, yeah, I've, I've heard of him. He's like, uh, that's 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 Donnie, Donnie Donowitz. You know what they call him? He's like the bear Jew, <laughs> the bear Jew. He's like, you know what he does? He's like, he uh, he hits people with a club. He's like, no, he bashes their fucking head in with a baseball bat. That's what he does. And he's like, I'm going to give you one more chance. Tell me where all your friends are or Donnie's going to bash your fucking head in. Which one do you want? And he's like, fuck you. And he's like, hey, Donnie, we got a buddy that wants to die for his country oblige him <laughs> and then we get eli roth uh probably one of the better roles he's done uh in in death proof he was like a douchey chad that wanted the girls to get drunk and come over to his place later but the girls never made it because they got exploded in a car accident so uh the bear jew comes out and just rocks this man's world with his bat blows his shit up a uh, fun fact on the bat apparently he, um, I don't know if Anne Frank signs it or he has her name on it on the bat. So he apparently he has all these Jewish names and a few older Jewish people like signed it. He like meets up. It was a deleted scene that he was going to have some older mm. Jewish people sign the bat because they know who they are. Say, Anne Frank wouldn't have been I know. older I, or known at that time. You no, know, I think he just wrote her name real big on it or something. It's, it's a different time. It's a weird Easter egg. because Yeah, it's a different time. Yeah, I was like, she wouldn't have been around he calls his bad and come on and <laughs> so uh the team uh full of awesome jewish soldiers but they picked up a few people on their way so they pick up a german soldier that goes rogue because nazis are pieces of shit old hugo stieglitz my boy um so he killed 13 <laughs> higher ups uh before the nazis grab him and they're going to make a example out of him so they didn't kill him instantly they were going to take him back to Germany and do some bad stuff to him. But the bastards found him first and they rock people's shit. Like this dude's just sitting nicely and then just he gets shotgunned away. He just flies off screen. And Aldo's like, hey, I like uh, I like your work, buddy. Do you want to go pro? He's like, do you know who we are? And he nods. He's like, yeah, you should come with us. And he nods again. 
So now Hugo is with the group. Uh, they have a corporal, Wilhelm Wiki. He's their translator. So they bash in the uh, German official's head. And then the next guy they pull out, they actually shoot him in the back because he it felt like he was about to run, but he wasn't probably. So the last guy, they're like, please don't shoot him. We need this info. And he cracks instantly because he don't want to get his head mashed in by a bat. I wouldn't either. So he points out everything on the map. He's like, they're right here. They got these many guns. There's this many soldiers. He's like, cool. Hey, quick question, Nazi guy. Uh, when this war is over, what are you going to do with your uniform? He's like, I'm going to go home and burn it. And I'm going to hug my mom really hard. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. So uh, I don't want you Nazis to go back into hiding, act like normal people. So I'm going to leave you something that uh, you can't just burn away. And he carves a swastika in the soldier's head. Uh, yeah, Aldo is all about this. He's like, nah, nah, nah. I need, I need everybody to know you're a fucking Nazi. So let's just put that into your forehead. So um, Adolf Hitler hears about the, he knows about the bastards at this point, And he is very salty about them because they keep getting away and they keep fucking up soldiers. So um, while this is happening, Shoshana, she changed her name. She's Emmanuel now. And she lives in Paris. And she has a cinema that she owns. And she meets up with Zoller, Frederick. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a German sniper that killed over 200 Allied soldiers. 250. In a, I was yeah. counting when he was doing the math. Allied soldiers in a battle. So he was in a sniper's nest in apparently three days. In three days, he killed 250 soldiers, which is absolutely absurd. Um, so they're making a propaganda film about him, uh, Nation's Pride. And he sees Shoshana and instantly is in love with this girl and he never leaves her alone. Um, yeah. Fucking that mega creep. Does not stop in this movie. You know, Nazis. Yeah. So Frederick convinces Joseph Goebbels, Gables, 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 uh, to hold the premiere at her cinema. It's smaller than the place they wanted, the Ritz, but it makes it more intimate and then people will be fighting for seats instead of just like, oh there's enough seats well, let's go to that so and they can make it just all germans in this film so landa is actually there landa and he has some questions for emmanuel or shoshana and for some reason he's bothered he looks at her and he's like i had another question but i can't remember it right now eh, i guess it was not important and she's very nervous the whole time that she that he's gonna recognize her even though he didn't really see her face Nope. But she's still nervous that he'll... she knows who he is, so she's anxious. Yes. Uh cool fun fact. So when they had the uh they didn't eat beignets, what did they eat? Strudel. Strudel. Yeah. So the reason that he ordered strudel for her, uh, because she he wanted to know if she was Jewish. <coughs> strudels are made with <coughs> some type of fat, something that Jewish people um bacon fat, yeah. I think. Or some type no, or, or pork people. fat. Something. So that's the reason he ordered the strudel to see if she was gonna be like, oh, mm -hmm. I can't have that. Oh well, where are you from? So um I mean that wouldn't have really given her away. Like if Jewish people, all people in re different religions have like strict so a lot of different religions have strict dietary rules, but at the time that they were in in the war, like I don't think people were really giving a fuck if they were eating from kosher kitchens and things like that. Like oh, yeah. people were starving because there was not enough food to go around because every country was occupied with thousands more fucking people than the country could handle. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> nobody was, gave a fuck. It was just one of those like little tidbits and like the yeah. commentary that popped up. So um, after they agree to use Emmanuel's cinema, I'm going to call it Shoshana. Shoshana's cinema she comes up with the plan that, hey, all of these higher ups in the Nazi world are going to be here. Why don't we just burn this bitch down? Like, because we have all this film and it's super flammable. We'll lock it down midway into the movie. You know, actually three fourths into the movie. We'll lock the doors, light up all the film that we have, and we'll burn them alive. Burn this fucker to the ground. Yeah. I don't care about this cinema. All I yeah. care about is my love for you, my black husband that no one can ever know about because it's 1944. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the first plan that comes out of all of this. So while it's happening, a British commando, Archie Hickox, uh, he's recruited to lead a British attack 
uh, with the bastards. And so it's Michael Fassbender. Yeah. And so um, Archie, along with Hugo and Wilhelm, they go into a tavern to meet up with their, um, uh, what's the word? Double agent. Double agent. And she is Bridget von Hammerschmark. And so she's a famous German like film star. She's like the, I don't know, Greta Gable or the, uh, there's a better name. I don't know. <laughs> Just a famous back in the day film star. Yeah, a Judy Garland. Type. There we go. That's yeah. a better name. That's a better name. So, um, while Catherine Hepburn. There's yes. That's what you're looking so for. while they're in a tavern, um, they meet up with some other German soldiers that are celebrating the birth of one of the soldiers, his kid, Maximilian. And so they're playing heads up, uh, which is really cool to to know that that was a thing back then. It probably was. I know this movie isn't factual, like historically real, but I like to think that heads up was a thing back in the day. And so they're trying to join in with their group. And Archie's like, no, you're intruding, man. Like, I'm trying to talk to my friend Bridget here. You get the fuck out of here. And so they meet up with a very bad soldier pops up, uh, Hellstrom, Major Hellstrom. And he's very suspicious of Archie because he's like, your accent's really weird. And I'm really good with accents. And I know where everybody's from just by how they talk. I don't know where you're from. Where, where are you from? And he starts asking questions. Uh, very nervous. A lot of Nazis. They love asking questions of people. I guess it's wartime, so that's the best it's way to figure out their things. Literal job. Yeah. So Archie, he works out a whole story, and he's really good at it. And he also tells Hellstrom, "Hey, I only have so much time with Bridget, my good friend from childhood. You're intruding. Please leave." And he's like, "You're right. I am intruding. Sorry." But before I leave, can we have one more drink? Just, this, you know, because I'm sorry. And to celebrate being Nazis. And he's like, okay, well, how many glasses? And Archie says, we need three. And he uses the first three digits of his finger. Doesn't use his thumb. He uses one, two, three, his middle finger and his ring finger and index finger. Oh, no, that's a British way of doing three. And I guess American. Germans use their thumb as one index and middle finger is three. Just uh, like in ASL. Yeah. Uh, my boy Dirk, when he used to do threes, he'd crack it out like that. Dry. He's awesome. Or he'd use the, the okay three one. That's In basketball, everybody uses the okay three. But um, instantly, Hellstrom's like, okay, I know you're not German. What the fuck is this? Uh, Archie, instantly knowing that the cover's blown, he's like, he starts talking British again. He's like, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to drink this uh, fucking scotch because it's beautiful. And then uh, we're going to have ourselves a Mexican standoff. And everyone's got a gun to everyone's dick in this situation. And guns go off. Everybody dies in the tavern basement. And earlier, Aldo is like, I don't like this. Like, you're in a basement. That's really not tactically fun. Like, you, I don't like this situation. Like, we'll be fine. They weren't fun. So Bridget is the only one still alive and the father of Maximilian. So uh, Aldo is at the stairway and he's telling him like, hey, is, are, are any of our people alive down there? It's like, yeah, uh, the, the actress is alive. Like, cool, cool, cool. So I'm going to come down with no guns. And then uh, you put your gun down. I'm just going to grab grab her and we're going to leave. That's, that's it. And so he finally agrees to this. And before you can do anything, Bridget shoots him up with her little gun. So now the plan has to change because the two german-born people that actually can speak really good german and look german are dead so now bridget needs three people to go with her for their plan to blow up the cinema where a new addition adolf hitler is going to be so now this is a do or die kind of situation it it's it's the i don't give a shit we have to blow this place up kind of situation so uh, Aldo, uh, Donnie, and Omar are taking the place of the three soldiers that died. Um, they go as Italian film directors, and their accents are horrible. Omar doesn't even know how to speak Italian. Uh, in real life, he actually does, and he's really good at it. But <laughs> uh, that's why the Dominic Coco sounded so good, because he actually can't speak it. But 
uh, all their names that they use are actually famous directors that Quentin Tarantino loves. So that Margareti, uh, it's actually a really cool director. So the plan is get the bullet out of Bridget's leg, say that she fell mountain climbing, which is a really stupid idea. They should have said something else, but you know, what do I know? Uh, yeah, literally, I tripped. Yeah. And broke my ankle. Yeah, man. People were shooting somewhere and I fell. Like, yeah. I tripped in my shoes and twisted my ankle because that fucking happens all the goddamn time in heels. Yeah. And so the plan is they go into the cinema with dynamite strapped to their ankles, sit in their seats, watch the movie, and then just fucking blow up. That was the game plan of this. So even Aldo was going to die for this because if they can take out all the highest ranking Nazis, the war is over. When all the, you, you cut off the heads, the lower people, no one's going to follow the lower people. They're like, no, not like it, Hitler's gone. Like who do we listen to now? Oh, the second in command's dead. The third in command, the top six people are gone. What do we do? You lose. That's what happens. So all of the bastards go into the cinema with dynamite strapped to their legs. So uh, Bridget has a cast on her leg and she tells everybody, that she fell mountain climbing and they meet up with Londa and he's confused. He's like mountain climbing in Paris. What mountain were you at? And she's like, Oh God. And then he's like, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. He's like, who are your friends? And she says that they don't know any German and they're Italian directors. And then Londa proceeds to speak Italian to them. So um, Christoph Waltz, he learned, uh, he speaks four languages in this movie and he learned Italian for this, and he's really good at it. Uh, but yeah, he speaks Italian. They're all like, "Yes," <laughs> and they just nod. So he instantly knows that something's up with them. Uh, and they don't look Italian; they look like fucking Americans. So, like I said, this plan is very shitty. But this is like Plan W. This is not the real plan. So he takes Bridget with uh, Londa. Takes Bridget with him because he has some questions for her. And the two, um, Donnie and Omar, go to their seats. And then Aldo just kind of waits for Bridget. In a small room, Londa asks Bridget to put her leg on his lap. And he's like, I need to see something real quick. Takes off her shoe, and he puts another shoe that he found at the scene of the shootout in the tavern on her foot. And it's a perfect fit. And she's like, oh, which I mean, means nothing like, yes, but also he found a napkin with her name and a lipstick kiss on it. There you go. So he's like, I know that bitch was there. I just want to do all of this build up to make her feel bad. Apparently, another cool fun fact, when her leg was in his lap, he had his hands on her leg because he was feeling for a pulse. Uh, because when he started talking, he wanted to see if her pulse sped up. And he's like, oh, you scared. Why are you scared right now? So. Uh, just little things like that. Well, I'd be scared to be alone in a room with a man who holds high power in the war, and he like locked me in a room. Like, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's the truth. Even if sure. I hadn't done anything wrong, like this is some serious fucking attacker vibes. Like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. So Londa dives at Bridget and chokes her the fuck out because she's. Uh, a double agent and so he kills her and hops on the phone and he says uh the guy in the smoking white jacket and then aldo instantly gets just dropped by like three or four people they instantly grab his ass put a bag on his head and drag him away so um they meet up a little bit later and um the driver um are taken prisoner so aldo and the driver that brought everybody there they get taken prisoner and londa has Aldo call a superior and cut a deal because Londa realizes that oh shit so your plan is to blow up this cinema with all the higher ups in the fucking Nazi army um yeah I'm I'm fine with this plan I'm gonna let this continue but I need a full pardon and tons of other things he's like I will let this plan go if I can get the fuck out of here and no one like punishes me for being with the Nazi army. And actually I want it to be known that I helped you with this plan and actually 
got the plan going and I need Congressional Medal of Honors for everybody. And so Aldo talks with the person on the phone. It's actually Harvey Keitel's voice. And the voice tells him, take him all the way to the boundary of uh, the boundary of American line in German. And will you get in, uh, put them, hold them and then bring them to us. And then we'll talk about this pardon. So Londa's like, hell yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, they take off Aldo's dynamite off his ankles and they actually Londa puts it back into the cinema right under the seat of Frederick, the boy that is the star of the movie. So Londa was like, fuck this place, especially. <laughs> and slides it. So while that's happening, the uh, the other two, Donnie and Omar, see Hitler. He comes out for gum and they're like, Holy shit, it's Hitler. And so they come up with a plan. They have a cool little punchy glove that shoots off a bullet and he's like let's just get close enough take out the guards and let's go in this bitch and kill him before the dynamite explodes on our ankles he's like let's make sure he's dead confirm that shit and they're like okay so they rush the place break in the movie gets to the spot and Shoshana's face pops up on the screen saying y'all are all gonna die in here uh, another cool fun fact is a lot of them probably didn't speak English, so they were confused why her face was on the screen. They were like, what does that mean? And then fire erupts from the back of the cinema. They lit up all the film. Uh, a little before this, I got to reverse a little bit. I forgot something big. So Frederick goes into the uh, the booth projector, where he, booth. projector booth because he's just a creep and he wants to hang out with Shoshana. He won't accept no for an answer. Yeah, he starts getting mean about it and like bro she's married to a black guy like go yeah. away so shoshana's like we'll lock the door and he's like what what he's like lock the door if you want to go do something he's like oh right on let me lock this door real quick he turns his back shoshana pops him in the back four times but not go, the head yeah should have man bro uh goes up to the body on the ground while it's groaning and he turns around and shoots her in the chest like four times and so frederick and shoshana die in the projector booth but it's fine because Marcel continues the plan. So the film burns. The theater instantly fucking erupts in fire. While that's happening, uh, Donnie and Omar kick in the doors, see Hitler, start spraying everybody in the room. So uh, Joseph Goebbels goes down, Hitler goes down, and they start spraying into the crowd. And then explosions are everywhere. And then Donnie turns back to Hitler and sprays the, a whole fucking clip of bullets into Hitler's face, and his face yep. just starts to disappear. Explodes, oh, yeah. it's absurd. And then the theater explodes. The dynamite on their ankles go off. So the plan is a fucking success. The war is done at this point. So Londa and the radio operator, the driver, they get to the boundary, and so uh, Londa's like, okay. So uh, Rain's like, well, give me my knife back. Give me my gun. And he's like, okay, here you go. And they shoot the other guy that was with Londa. And he's like, wait, no, he was going to get a pardon too. He's like, yeah, I don't, uh, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care about him. Yeah, they just want you. Take his scalp. Yeah, yeah, take his scalp. And he locks him up and he's like, you know, I'm not even that salty about that plan. I'd have taken that plan. He's like, hell yeah, I'd have taken that deal. That's a good deal. <laughs> and he's like, your official's going to be like mad at you. They're going to yell at you for doing all this stuff. And he's like, nah, I won't get in trouble. I'll get chewed out. I've been chewed out before. I've been chewed out before. <laughs> and so he's like, hey, hey, uh, Londa, uh, when this war is over, what are you going to do with your outfit? You're going to get rid of it, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. So I'm going to leave you with something so you never forget what you did. And carves a swastika in his forehead. And then he says, this might be my masterpiece. And the Quentin Tarantino's name pops up. So that was a nod. He's like, it's a good ass movie. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end of the movie. So Londa is going to get his pardon, but he's going to have a big old swastika in his head. Yeah, well, and there's this feeling that, like throughout the film that Brad Pitt is continually getting better at drawing the swastikas, carving yeah, the swastikas in people's foreheads. So every time he does one, like the next one, he's like, this is even better than my last one. This is the best one I've ever done. So <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. Okay, so Katie, who is your favorite character in Glorious Bastards? Oh, Shoshana. For sure. She was amazing. She kept her composure as much as she could during the interview um, of uh, La Pedite, 
when she was hiding under the house, didn't make a sound, uh, fucking ran as fast as her little heart could carry her uh, through the fucking French countryside and then, you know, moved to Paris, took over her aunt and uncle cinema, uh, fell in love in an, at the time, very controversial relationship and then fucking came up with this whole entire plan to just decimate the nazis like all by herself she was like you know what i don't need this fuck these guys they have ruined everything they've killed everybody like no we're i don't need this job (laughs) just burn it to the ground she was fucking amazing okay uh greg who's your favorite character well, on principle, it's not going to be any Nazi, but, but but we can't go without mentioning Londo. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to I'm going to assume he's going to be your favorite character, Otis. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'll leave I'll leave all that to you. But I was mention that I just I do appreciate in 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 terms of character and in terms of cinema, the fact that. When he knows he has someone trapped or he knows the facts or knows when he's figured something out, he goes through, he puts that person through so many unnecessary hoops when he does not have to, to build up anticipation, drama, anxiety before executing his plan when it's already figured out and he could easily do it. Like being in the film, he could easily just go into that cabin or whatever you call it and shoot up that floorboard and be done. But he proceeds to have this entire conversation, have a glass of milk, smoke a pipe, and go through this whole deal when it's not necessary, but why not? He does the same thing with uh, Bridget Van Hammersmart. He already knows. He knows everything. But instead of just, you know, taking them down on the spot, or at least taking them down once people are going to the cinema. He goes through <laughs> the unnecessary process of making those men butcher their own names. And he sa- he pronounces their names better than he they do. Yep. <laughs> Brings her up there. Adds the theatrics of putting the shoe on her foot. And then strangle her to death. I, I, I just appreciate that calculatedness about about his character um it's like as opposed it's i could i kind of compare it to if a teacher catches a student cheating you can do one or two things even though you know it's the truth you could just just straight up give them the zero without even telling them without even going through the going through the motions of of interrogating them or you can make them feel worse by interrogating them. And he chooses the interrogation portion. Not something I necessarily do or have the cunning to do, but <laughs> there he is. And a quick side note, not with just Landa, but they also do that in the tavern as well, where that that random German soldier who happens to be there, that general, not general, but have random German soldier who catches that, terrible german accent of the british soldier oh hellstrom yeah he knows that guy's not german and i don't think he even needed the whole three glasses to confirm it but he goes through this whole process anyway just for the theatrics so that's just an element of film that i love in general long digression okay so (laughs) on principle no no uh no nazis a favorite um so in that case, I will just go with Shoshana for one simple reason. And Katie's mentioned it a couple of times. Black husband. Yep. I love that about her. <laughs> that's all I got. And that's all I need. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Greg hit it on the head. What he said about Londa. Uh, like, like I always say, if you know me, I love a good villain. If there's a heel out there that's doing their job right, you're going to make me smile because everyone's like, oh, I hate you so much. Then they're doing their job right. You're not supposed to like a bad guy. I'm weird. So that's I like him. But 
You're not supposed to like the heel. And Londa is the smartest guy in the room. And he just fucks with people because he knows the answer. He just wants you to squirm. It's it's awesome. It's one of the best things in this movie. Um, honorable mention, the bastards, all of them together. They are absurd. And I thought it was really cool. In the movie, they're using German weapons and in, in, in their outfits or parts of German stuff. Because every time they kill somebody, they just take their shit. And so they're just as good with German weapons with than with American weapons. It's kind of like uh, Mel Gasol, like Solid Snake. He drops down into bad enemy territory and he picks up all their shit and is like, oh, I can use this. So that's what they do. And they're really good at what they do. And all those are dum-dum, but I mean, his plan came together, kind of. It took an evil German saying like, yeah, I'll help you to make it work. But uh, they're hilarious. And he was constantly putting like Coke up his nose. But, you know, got to have those zippies, man. You got to keep going. So uh, they're absolutely amazing. They make me laugh. And the Bear Jew is like probably one of the coolest names you could be. So, Katie, who is your least favorite character in this movie? Nazis. Yeah, you're right. Except for the one that joined the bastards because he was pretty dope. Yeah, he's can we can, we can we real quick do a challenge of not picking a like other than Nazis because that's obviously the worst one. But can you pick one that's not a Nazi in addition? Um, or a specific Nazi? Oh, it's hard. Well, I mean, it's hard because I think that um, Londa was easily the worst fucking person in this movie. But Christoph Waltz acted the fuck out of it. And he, like, he was amazing. He made me enjoy the bad character. Um, And it's hard because I think I would say that my least favorite character that wasn't a Nazi would have to be um, La Pedite, which is sad and really unfair, I feel like. The man was just trying to protect his family but he caved under the pressure it's like i don't know it's a really unfortunate situation at the beginning but i think if i had to pick a non-nazi it'd be la Pedite from the beginning of the film oh <laughs> yeah i mean it's like the shoe with van harris mark he, he he knows when the gig the jig is up like he, he tried but <laughs> yeah well it's the same it's the same thing like i don't know there weren't a lot of non nazi characters in this film unfortunately everyone was like it was the bastards which we didn't really get to learn anything about any of them besides one of them is called the bear jew and he likes to hit people with a bat the other one was there's one that's an ex-nazi and then arlo like or aldo this like there's not very many people who got a lot of character development uh, yeah character elements in this film so. i got one all go, right. greg greg all right so nazis aside the the british soldier what's his name again oh archie archie hickox yeah hickox. michael fassbender he sucks sucks so yeah. hard yeah he fucked up and we, <laughs> we we talked about this actually when we decided to do this film the fact that he was just so overly confident in his abilities to speak to speak German. Even when Mike Myers' character asked him, like, how well do you speak German? I forget what metaphor he uses for it, but basically he's like, Well, I'm I'm really good at this. <laughs> and even as I watched the film now, I don't think I had realized back when I originally watched it that it just it sounds very much like a British person speaking german like speaking german with a british accent <laughs> still yeah. yeah i don't know if that guy's british in real life but if he's not that's great acting to sound like you're a british guy speak trying to speak german unsuccessfully yeah michael fassbender is english yeah he's english okay well i think or scottish one of them well if he's scottish good job on him he ain't american um, i'll tell you that yeah magneto he's something just oh yeah magneto oh my gosh i forgot that is magneto oh mind blown okay Uh, (laughs) the fact that he was just so overly confident and just felt like he i guess within the scheme had to keep proving himself by continually speaking in german and continually speaking when he does not necessarily have to 
and just cannot exercise the patience of letting that that German soldier hang out with them until things were, you know, just let it play out. It'll eventually be over. And then you can go on to, I mean, the barring on close till late. Just <laughs> just let things play out and he'll be gone eventually. But you have to keep talking. You have to keep pushing the envelope and pushing the situation and rushing him off to where you feel the need to keep speaking in German. Yeah. Revealing how subpar you are at a German accent. I just exploded my fucking brain right now because I looked him up and he is German and Irish. Okay, then maybe I'm just being, uh, maybe I'm just terrible then. So he is like, (laughs) so his fake British that he like threw into the German was intentional and like, that's insane. (laughs) Oh, so he was. Yeah, so he can actually, he's intentionally doing that. Like he could speak German he's fucking born in germany like in heidelberg germany i mean unless i'm just mistaken but it to me it sounded like he was still in his british voice but with german words you know what i'm saying that's what it sounded like i think i think he was doing that on purpose which is really cool if that's the case that's really cool that's nuts hey man some people are really good at what they do shit yeah he just had to to screw it up for everybody oh yeah Yeah. so many lost lives the, the two bastards, that that pretty bar girl, oh, you right? Had to ruin it. It just ruin it for everybody. And maybe, just maybe, some these two these plans at the theater could have been ex- cinema could have been executed without as many people, as many protagonists dying. If yeah, screwed it up for everybody. Speaking of which, I don't understand why these plots had to be executed with the executioners of the plan dying like explode the cinema but why you gotta keep it strapped to your leg or burn down the cinema but why you gotta stay in the cinema why it burns down it seems like they were just just okay content with dying to execute these plans and i don't feel like that had to be the case well i think it's more of you gotta stay and just confirm it that's why when he went when they kicked in the door and shot hitler they're like this place is still gonna explode but I'm going to put all these bullets into your body. I just need to make yeah. sure that you're dead. Well, I don't, I also don't think that um, Shoshana and her husband, like, I don't think the plan there was, they were probably going to try to, they were going to leave. Just shit went down. He just stood there to make sure everything caught on fire. Like we don't actually know what happened to Marcel at the end. He got out, if probably. he left or not. Cause we didn't, there was no finish to his story. It was just like him watching that pile of thing of film catch on fire and then that was it hopefully he wasn't close when the explosion went off yeah probably knocked him off his fucking feet <laughs> i always read her saying goodbye to him and, and being emotional and crying like, as if like well this is the last time we're going to see each other type of well thing. it's such a crazy plan that the chances of them dying is very high that's yeah. what i thought like hey i might not make it out of this well i choose gonna- to believe i choose to believe marcel uh made it out and lived a very fruitful life and i hope so he helped kill a lot of nazis <laughs> black pal black pal yeah right so um if i had to pick a specific nazi i'm gonna go with hellstrom the nosy ass uh nazi in the basement of the tavern the one that like caused michael fassbender to get a little too fancy with his german and then cause all of that uh old boy was sitting in the darkness reading a book and he's like i keep hearing your voice and that's not german what what, what is what's happening and he came over, so, uh, but not nah, the whole movie because he pops up early. And he grabs Shoshana. He's a piece of shit. He's like, get in the fucking car, you know. It just yells at her. Uh, he has no time for people lower than him, so he he's a poophead. So I ain't like him. So let's do seven word synopsis. Gotta get my get my phone ready. Okay, my first one is German want to die for country. Oblige him. Uh, the bar scene is so uh, uh, the bar scene is so fucking stressful Uh, just Michael Fassbender like you need to go and he's like no I'm gonna stay and he's like god damn it man and it's like we're gonna die in this basement like everybody's faces every time someone says something extra like fuck man I just wanna leave and Hugo the whole time just like losing it little by little having flashbacks him getting tortured by the Nazis and he's like I'm ready to kill this dude he was like absolutely ready to stab him in the head and then my last one is Hitler got turned into Swiss fucking cheese 
old boy sprayed him so hard just destroyed him it was absolutely amazing so katie historical fiction is such a cool genre yeah um, i've done it we've done a lot of them um with my book club a lot of different historical fiction books and it's easily becoming my favorite genre of novel and i enjoy movies like i like true history films as well like things that actually happened but the spin of the the fiction that they add to historical uh fiction works is fucking fantastic and then uh hans landa interviewing la Petite had palpable anxiety yeah the way his face turns at the very end when he go- comes to complete seriousness and he's ready to get down to business oh so brilliant the the cinematography in that scene is incredible how they kept he kept shifting from Lapidit's face to Hans's face and then in between the floorboards to see the family's face like oh man my heart like my heart was beating so fast I was so anxious for what was going to happen. And then when Lapidite caved, it was just like, oh, fuck. Like, you just shattered my heart in a million pieces. This fucking family is going to be slaughtered. Ugh. It was, it was rough. Greg. I just got one. Your Nazi revenge fantasies are finally fulfilled. Yeah, you got yep. damn right, man. Yep. I like to think people in the theater were just like, fuck yeah. Like it, it's so wild at the end, man. You see Hitler's face just disappear with bullets. Like they that's absurd. They made a conscious decision to be okay with the fact that he was no longer, it was clear. <laughs> Cause by the time they, you know, put about a hundred bullets into him, it got to the point where it was clearly a fake body, which obviously it's going to be a fake body, but they were very much okay with it looking like a fake body. Because oh yeah. <laughs> Once it got torn up, it's like, it no longer even looks like corpse whatsoever. Oh yeah, it was just a like a dummy on the ground just getting blown away. Yeah, it was horrible. But it looked like when Miss Doubtfire's masks after got ran over by the truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello. So, uh, this film came out August twenty first, two thousand and nine. Dang. So, what do you guys think the budget for this film was, Katie? Sixty million. Not bad. Greggy. 61 million. <laughs> and Greg wins. The budget was 70 million. <laughs> so what do you guys think the box office was, Katie? 300 million. Greggy. And I bet. <laughs> $230 million. So Greg, if you switch those numbers up a little bit, You'd have been right. The box office was 320. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> million dollars. This movie made bank. Everyone was like, this, this is fucking great, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Hitler just gets his in this movie. It's, uh, it's absurd. Like I said, this history would have been the most legit history. Like, if we learn this in fucking school, like, oh, yeah, we need to talk about uh, Aldo Rain and his plan uh, to murder. Adolf Hitler and in the war in 1941. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, there would still be kids who wouldn't pay attention. Oh, you right. Like, they blew up a theater with Hitler in it. Like, nah, I don't believe it. Like, yeah, well, it happened. They blew the fuck out of that theater. Uh, yeah, you're right, Greg. Something with your life. Sorry. <laughs> Explosion deniers. It didn't happen. You're right. Mm. <laughs> Hitler's still alive. No, he's in pieces. Uh so uh <laughs> uh does anybody have anything else to say about inglorious bastards nope it's good i'd watch it so uh we have at least one more uh with the guys greg uh he's with gonna pick me. another war movie and then uh, happy thanksgiving that's gonna happen and eat food and say hi to your family well, if you don't like them say hi to somebody say hi to your cat or dog so um, we're going to do at least two more war films in this month. And then we're moving on to Christmas. 
but we're gonna watch some pretty good ones like Preacher's Wife. We never reviewed it last year. So uh it was one of my mom's what? <laughs> yeah, we watched it. We were gonna review it when we didn't, but uh it's one of my mom's favorite Christmas films. So we're gonna review the preacher's wife. Motherfucking I'm, I'm so in for that. Yeah, that movie's fucking great. Never cheered for an angel to fucking break up a, a fucking like relationship ever. I was like, that's yo girl, do it. <laughs> uh but no, uh, there's some really good Christmas films out there to actually enjoy. So uh, we'll get through that. So for everybody here, uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back. Oh, take it back. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. If you have any other cool fun facts about Quentin Tarantino films, you can tweet us at Alan Tempod. We have an email. It is AlanTempresents at gmail.com. Where have I Facebook at? AlanTempresents. So now, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another war film. Bye, guys. Bye. Sound good? <laughs>